Hey, Jeff. Hey, Eric. How are you? I'm pretty good. How are you? Doing well, thank you. Day number three of the 12 Days of Podcasts. Let's tell the people what they've either listened to or missed out on. Day number one. Day number one, we had Cameron. Cameron, who everybody knows. Yeah, you know, he's from Harlem. Mm-hmm. He's from Dipset. Mm-hmm. He's from the American Museum of Natural History. He loves dinosaurs. He's a docent there. <laughs> Wait, where, where did you see that? Uh, I saw it on LinkedIn. <laughs> he updated his LinkedIn. He's now a docent there. He he very firmly believes in dinosaurs. Yeah, now. listen, uh, we had to have the conversation. <laughs> we had to. Now he's now he's well aware. Uh-huh. Day number two, Cord Jefferson. Cord Jefferson, the television writer. So uh, Succession. He wrote for Succession. He wrote Watchmen. For Watchmen. Yep. Good the place. Good place. Yep. Uh, he was also from Gawker. Mm-hmm. And today, a little bit of like. Uh, you're you're doing a little bit of Dave Letterman right there. In what way? In the way that you're like listing these things off and just being like and uh and Gawker? He was on Gawker? <laughs> really? That's a yeah. Dave Letterman thing? I think it's a Dave Letterman thing. All, right, All well. you need is to throw the note card. Yeah. And day number 3. Today. Today we got the man who walks around New York City with a cat in his head. No, the, Jeff. We can't just put him on day number 3. Right. You're okay. talking about somebody who we need to like finish strong and and put him at day number 12. <laughs> I'm sorry, I didn't realize that it was a build-up. <laughs> so, uh, but today instead, mm-hmm. we have Tanache. Tanache, who walks around L.A. <laughs> with a cat in her head. That would be so dope. <laughs> she's so dope. We, you know, I, I love this conversation. I think she's she's so open at this point in her career that it was a great time to sit down with her. This is post her leaving RCA Records. This was post her album independently going number one. This is this is her at a time in her life where she is very she's confident in herself. I love that. I think it's yeah. great. We went to her house out there in Hollywood, us and Wait, our give friend her Josh. Address. Give her actual address will, so people can show I up. I will. I will not do that. No, she does that herself, strangely enough. Yeah, actually when, we saw um she has her Taco all these, Tuesday like, events. Saw all these like star tours like roaming around on the way, yeah. her uh, house. That was weird. That was, they, that was very strange. I yelled after them. I was like, What'd you say? I said, look, it's Eric from It's The Real, <laughs> the podcast. While we were in Los Angeles, mm-hmm. we did a lot of Ubering and, and lifting. Is that, what, is that what it's called? No. Okay. A lot I of mean, ride sharing? I, I don't know. Yeah. How do you refer to it? How do you refer to it? I got a private car. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We, um, we used uh, a private car service mm-hmm. to uh, jet around town. <laughs> so... No, and and one of the times we called a lift, a guy showed up at our hotel, we jumped in, and immediately he goes, are you in a rush? And it's like, well, yeah. (laughs) He goes, I just wanted to sit here for a while. He was like, I had a really long car ride before this, and I I really need to go to the bathroom. Which, okay, like, if you really have to go to the bathroom, then don't accept a ride. Agreed. This made so much sense to us, and apparently not to this guy. Who anyway, he he said, "Don't steal my car," and then <laughs> took, his, took his, his own keys. keys and ran out into the hotel. And so you and I are just sitting in his back seat <laughs> while he, you know, goes to the bathroom. He didn't even lower the window. We no, were, yeah, <laughs> we could have died. Yeah, we could have died that in that day. car. What a way to go out. Yeah. So he, he he runs back into the car, says, "Thank you." Says, "We'll be there at ten thirty-two. We're like, all right, great. He looks in the rearview mirror and he says. I'm really good at guessing what my passengers do for a living. Now, you and I, <laughs> we we have a very specific thing that we do. So the stakes are pretty high. I don't, you know, if I was to put money down, I don't think that he was going to guess hip-hop sketch comedians. No, and he, guess what? He didn't. <laughs> what did so he say? He said, your accountants. Accountants. 
Now, that seems anti-Semitic. <laughs> seems like, hey, you guys look like you're good with money. I've seen the size of your noses. <laughs> he not only said accountants. Yeah. When we told him no, he was incredulous and says, wait, there's no... There's no accountants in your family. He said, are your ancestors accountants? Are your ancestors accountants? Crazy. Which, by the way, no, by they're the way, not. At, at this time, he's driving. It's not like we can be like, yo, you know, open up this door. And yeah. Let us out on the 405. This was like on the way. And just, I don't know, describe this gentleman who just profiled us so thoroughly. He was very Jewish. <laughs> so you think- I, I don't think that I'm being rude when I tell him, like... <laughs> Because only because he said, oh, I used to live in New York as well. Yeah. I lived in Brooklyn, yeah. but I would come to the Upper West Side. Why Do is you that? know, well, I used to hang out with Rabbi Anachim Bacon <laughs> from West 86th Street. On 86th Street. Yeah. He's like, do you know him? Yeah, of course we do. Yeah. We, we saw him at the meetings. <laughs> so <laughs> he, um, he's my accountant. This guy was, was really Jewish. Mm-hmm. Do you think How he was, Jewish was he? Do you think he was disappointed that we weren't accountants? No, only because when he found out what we actually do, yeah. which was dumb on my part. Yeah, he wanted to work with us. He handed us his business card. If you were to do it again, Jeff. Yes. Same car. Same car. F- no, but first time, right? You went back in time and, and you had to do it all over again. What would you have told him was your profession? Carpenter. Oh, yeah? Just like Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. Pretty good. Yeah. I, I, I dare you. The next time we do that, mm-hmm. that has to be where you start. Just, just get real, real religious, religious with it. I'm, just... I'm about to have a candy bar in the back seat, but if we could just say grace <laughs> yeah. while I hold your hand. Five stars. I wonder if he would give me five stars. I mean, Jesus was Jewish, so. That is true. Yeah. But I am. When did this turn into a really religious podcast? It always has been. No. <laughs> I, just, I, I just never realized it. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, it is crazy. Second set of footprints. Yeah. Well, third. <laughs> Jeff Tanashi is on the podcast today. When do you want to get into it? Wait. What? Bun B's on the podcast tomorrow. Oh, okay. <laughs> Just dropping that in there? Yeah. All right, I thought, great. All right. I thought <laughs> that we should say, like, who's on the podcast. Wait, what happened to, like, Tact? We have none. No, no, no. What happened to, like, um, Suspense and Surprise? Who cares? And <laughs> Bun B's on the podcast tomorrow. Either you show up or you don't. I think you should. All right. Cameron, Cord Jefferson, Tanache, Bun B. We'll see you guys after the podcast. Wait, uh, I do want to say, before we even get into it, Smash that subscribe button. <laughs> it's smash season. Yeah. Go hit that subscribe button right now on whatever service you're using so that you can get these 12 podcasts right in your inbox. All right, Jeff, when do you want to get into it? Right after I tell people again. Right now. Yo, what up? It's Eric, a.k.a. It Ain't Trickin' If You Got It, a.k.a. A Magician Never Tells. Yo, what up? It's Jeff, a.k.a. Get My Girls Flued Out, a.k.a. American Pie. Yo, what up? It's Tinashe, <laughs> a.k.a. Beverly Hills, aka Hollywood Hills, aka. Yes, your third favorite podcast, Waste Time with the Real. Tanache, what's happening? How's it going? Everything's good. Thanks so much for having us at your home. Yes, thank you for being here. Congratulations on your new album, first Thank and foremost. You. you have uh, five abstract paintings on the wall. Yes. I saw that you painted a sweatshirt like yesterday or a couple yeah, days ago. I made all of these. I was going to say, like, these must be yours. Yeah. And there's I, a bunch downstairs and there's a bunch of my... But room. you've also, like, painted on or drew on, like, your artwork and, like, other takes from the artwork, right? Yeah, yeah. That's all you. Yep, yep, yep. We love art. You cook? Yep. 
I do. I do. You do and so we much. Go back and to you like bake from taekwondo. The like I do a lot everything. Of Did you? So when you were baking the cookie, you were in New York, right? Uh-huh. You baked cookies. Yeah, a lot of cookies. Did you bring them to your media run? Yeah, I did. Like as gifts. What? Like yeah. yeah. I put them in little jars, then I wrote on the top, "Snacks for you." That's <laughs> like, super nice. It's it's really. Yeah, that was cute. It's right? really thoughtful because right. who else is doing that? How yeah. do you relax? You're, you're always that was doing relaxing. something. Yeah. That was yeah. fun. Well, relaxing is doing more things. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> For me, that is relaxing. But if I'm just like literally sitting on the couch, that's not, that's like stressful. I'm like, let's Damn, just, you're let's... sitting on a couch right now. Are you saying I mean, this is right stressful? Now, no. Like, yeah. Just staring at the ceiling. Yeah. So you do this Taco Tuesday thing. Yes. We love Taco Tuesday. Taco Tuesday is not a thing. It's a lifestyle. Yeah, it sorry. Is. And it's it was movement. it was almost a trademark, by the way, by LeBron. Yeah, I was not. I know. Yeah, I know. He tried it. <laughs> so when you do these Taco Tuesdays, who is invited? How many people Everyone. can you fit here? That is oh, not true. I've never counted, but a lot of people fit in here. You make enough what? for everybody? I make a lot of tacos. Or is it that people that need to show up early? Both. Okay. Eventually we run out, but I definitely make at least like 200 tacos. What? Yeah. I'd be cooking for hours straight. But like what's hours. the, yeah. What's the sort of like, um, okay, imagine, the vibe. Imagine I'm back there and then yeah. there's like lines, like one, two, and then it comes out here and then it's like three. People line like, up for your tacos. Yeah. People line up <laughs> and this whole place is full and then we'll have like a DJ set up over there and then we'll open the doors. How did this start? I did it for like maybe f- three years now, um, three and a half years. Yeah, I did my first Taco Tuesday several summers ago. That's why I was like, come on, LeBron tried it because we've been doing this <laughs> for years. Yeah, I had a different house over in the Hollywood Hills and I would invite people smaller and it eventually got crazy. One time the cops came, shut it down. That's They shut down your Taco Tuesday. Yeah, so then we had to change locations. So That's why you moved? Yeah, so I moved. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, that's the best promo. It's just like, yo, it was so popping, the cops shut it down. Like, yeah, we, we had, had to, to move. move. <laughs> had to move. Did you play your music here during Taco Tuesdays? Just like yeah, with, we did within the, the mix. last one. Yeah. So you just like, I have to say, I'm not somebody who has like a lot of FOMO. We've been around for 12 years. I've been to all the events. Yeah. Yeah. This is the first time. This is the first time where I've actually been like, what the fuck? Like, how do I get to Tanache's Taco Tuesday? Just for the record, today today is Thursday. So did we miss out this week? No, it's alliterative. We could do that. It's winter time. We take a break. We take a Christmas There is no winter in LA. Yeah. We take a a holiday hiatus. (laughs) It's not too cold. (laughs) Yeah. We (laughs) to get too on. We we come back around like my birthday. You're like a restaurant. Yeah. (laughs) Your birthday's coming up. Yeah, February sixth. Be here. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Wait, you're gonna have a Taco Tuesday for your own birthday? I've done it in the past. Really? Yeah. You cooked I mean, 200 no, tacos for your birthday? No, but that was the one birthday? time that I didn't cook. This is like a homeless like soup kitchen. <laughs> but I like the cooking part because it makes me feel connected to the people. Ugh, now you're being generic. That's very no. generic. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Want to touch serious, the people. Like, <laughs> it's the personal touch, you know? They li- like People like my tacos. I'm telling you. Yeah. You would See, know if you'd eat them. This is really them. fucking up my FOMO. No, no, no wait, no. wait. Don't say you would know. Like, we have not been invited. <laughs> I'm sorry. You know, yeah, that was very disappointing right there. Yeah. So. So let's go back yeah. to the the very very beginning. Where are you originally from? Um, well, I grew up over in Glendale area. Okay. Um, but that's was, like you were like eight or like yeah, nine. Like yeah, eight. like you you're originally from Kentucky. Well, I lived there for like three months of life. But like a solid three months. <laughs> like it was like a lot got done there. You got, lot, you got born there. Lot, Do you have a real appreciation yeah, for born. Kentucky? Yeah. Yeah, I haven't really been back much. Maybe once. I think I did a show there. 
recently a oh, couple really? years ago but other than that i've yeah that three did you get months. the welcome home treatment <laughs> yeah, yeah. They, they were like <laughs> no for sure they try to claim me they're always like kentucky <laughs> and i'm like it's yes. like when Carmelo came back to the Knicks and everyone's like, yeah, welcome home. It's like uh, you grew up in Baltimore. Like, yes. you know, like, we yeah, love you. Yes. But like, yeah. But yeah, I was born there randomly. Just randomly. How was it growing up in Glendale? Um, It was chill. Because we I haven't been. Have you? No. No. OK. We've never been to Glendale. Yeah. So what's it like out there? Um, It's chill. There's a lot of Armenians Um, in this one specific section that I was in. There was like a lot of Koreans. Um, not many black kids, but that was cool. That was cool. Um, it was, it's chill. It's, it's close to all of the action of LA, which is part of the reason why I think it's really nice because Mm -hmm. you can kind of enter into the city and you can also kind of find, you know, yourself separated at least a little bit, which Mm -hmm. I think is really kind of nice. Yeah. You don't get that like in some other cities, you know, that kind of like distance with, with closeness. Right. Yeah. At the same time. So what was your childhood bedroom like? Um, it's really, really small cause it was in the middle of the house. Um, it had like a sliding glass door that led to like another room that wasn't like really a room. It was like kind of like a hallway and it was also connected to the kitchen. It had like four doors. So it was like literally in the middle. It was you had really no weird. privacy. <laughs> yeah, definitely not. People would walk through my room all the time. <laughs> um, it didn't have like any AC or heat, so that sucked. But our house was really small, so we it was pretty much like we were just all together anyways. And what know? was like hanging up on your walls? Um, I had like shelves with probably like my dance trophies, pictures of me and my friends, inspirational quotes. Lots of inspirational quotes. Yeah. Did you use any of those inspirational quotes as like your high school quote? I didn't have a high school quote. I wasn't like in the yearbook as a senior. Really? Yeah, I didn't make it that far. <laughs> didn't make it that far through high school? Yeah, no. Wow. Yeah. I tested it out after ninth grade. So yeah, I was chill, but like it also like kind of sucked going to school over there. So I wanted to stop. In what ways? <laughs> um... Once I got to like middle school and then high school, I just found myself kind of going down a completely separate path. I was already working professionally in the industry, you know, making music, touring. Um, I, I was in a girl group at the time. I was acting since I was really young. So I always saw myself like going down that path really seriously and was doing it actively. And I found it kind of hard to blend school as well like i got kicked off of like the drama like too dramatic fuck, like, <laughs> yeah. i got kicked out of like the musical because like i missed it because i had to do other things like i got kicked off the cheer squad like i got kicked out of like a lot of things because it didn't align with my schedule and then i also simultaneously just didn't really feel like i connected with like where my peers were at the time i just like did not and then people were mean whatever typical high school yeah yeah middle school it was really more middle school so school. you were into, I was out of there after like you were into dance <laughs> you were into dance early yeah very young like four was wow when I started dancing. like took classes and all that mm-hmm. so trained in what kind of dance ballet tap jazz hip-hop lots of different styles and we competed i was on a competing dance company competing dance company meaning you would go around and yeah we would do competitions against other studios Man. yeah we would it was a big it was a big part of my life so sure. a lot of so trophies like after means... school that was like yeah i'd be there for like eight hours 
a lot of trophies means a lot of wins. Were you, do you think, the top of your, like, group? Um, I mean, I mean, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I was in, like, the advance. I was advanced. Yeah. yeah. And so you got into the business early, meaning? Um, I was in my first movie when I was six. Whoa. What movie was that? Yeah. It was called Call Me Claus. Okay. Christmas wait, time Wait, wait, wait. No, I'm, I'm lying. It was called Cora Unashamed was the first one I was in. Wait, we I agreed am... that you were not going to lie on the podcast. I <laughs> And now yeah. already. That was actually. I don't know how to trust you. I know. Are you, were you <laughs> even time... in Call Me Claus? Yeah. <laughs> how much yes, time did you spend in Kentucky? <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, no, it was called Cora Unashamed. That was the first movie that I was in. And I continued to like act and be in movies and TV shows until I was like 15. What were those early auditions like? They were fun. They were cool. I never really let my parents help me too much. I was always like, I want to learn my lines by myself. I don't know. I was weird about that. It was weird. Do, who yeah, did you rehearse fun. your lines with? Um, I guess my dad. Yeah. He would always take me to my auditions and everything like that. Did you walk into the auditions and see like other people who were your age? And oh, yeah. All the time. There'd be girls you'd see ever, like every day the like same ones twice yeah. a week three yeah days. yeah because they cast everyone based on like you know how you look in your general age for mm -hmm. the most part typically unless well at least your age so you always kind of see the same girls you're like so <laughs> did you bring headshots oh yeah so you had Wait, headshots what is your best headshot as a kid um i like my like six-year-old headshot it was so adorable <laughs> <laughs> it was real cute <laughs> It was real cute. What does it say on the back besides like, you know, how tall you are or like what color your eyes are? Were there like skills or like, is it yeah, like a resume? There like, like, yeah, there were like special baton. skills. Yeah. 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 There were all sorts of things. Lion tamer. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like black belt and taekwondo. How did you have time for anything? You were just, you were always lot doing a lot of things. That's why I had to stop going to school. I was yeah. like, I'm Fuck busy. school. I know. Like, yeah. What? Yeah, I am busy. Yeah. <laughs> How many siblings do you have? Two. Two. And you're the oldest? I am. You were running around to all these auditions. Yep. Were your siblings doing the same? No, they were not. So they, this was just like really they were your into interests. Sports. Who did you look up to? Well, when I was really young, I think the first person was probably like Britney Spears because I always wanted to be um, in music by the time I was 16 because she started when she was 16. So that I was like, okay, when I'm 16, I'm going to put out my first album. That was always kind of like my plan in my head when I was young. How early did you start singing or writing? Um, I wrote my first song when I was five. Whoa. <laughs> and I also performed that at like my piano recital for like, yeah, it's on tape. I sampled it on my last album, I think. Whoa. Was it on Joyride? I think. Yeah. Did you have to cool. clear that? <laughs> yeah, with myself. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, it's good. It's so good. you would run around, you would get all these auditions. <laughs> yeah. When they came back to you and they were like, you got it. Do yeah. you remember what that feeling was like? Yeah, I would be really excited. <laughs> yeah. Um, for me, when I would audition, the, the thing about it is I wouldn't take it too personally, but I also don't think I took it like too, 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 too seriously when I was young. Because for me, it was like more like fun. It wasn't like... I was always like, okay, this is like what I'm doing right now until I'm old enough to like start doing music full time. So that's kind of how I saw acting as kind of like a bridge um, or something that I could get back to. But I also get this feeling that like you do have a competitive streak in you. Oh, yeah. 
And so there must have been some sort of feeling of just... But that would only happen with, like, very particular roles. It wasn't for everything. It wasn't all the time. You weren't just, like, everything is mine. I need yeah. everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, definitely not everything. Like a Veruca Salt sort of... Like, I remember I would get auditions for, like, Disney shows all the time. I always, I would just be like, ugh. <laughs> yeah, smoking your cigarette, just being like, well, I guess I'll just do this. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> what was it like the first time, like, one of your classmates realized that you were in a TV show or a movie? Um, It was cool at first, and then kids started getting mean about it. That's when it really, like, took a turn, because I would leave school for, like, say, 10 months at a time to wow. go shoot, like, a TV show, and... People would be like, she's lying. She's not shooting a TV show. Yeah, she has mono. Yeah, like, <laughs> I don't know. And I'd come back and it would just be different. It would just be weird. So it started off cool when I was young. Yeah. But then once we hit like 12, 13. Yeah. Did you find more true friendships through your working situations than maybe anything uh, in class not really i i had like one solid friend throughout who's still my best friend now which is um cool so she was she was shout her out yeah alicia what's <laughs> up yeah i mean uh she she lives in new york now she's a lawyer wow so we met like in the girl scouts so we you had, did girl scouts oh, yeah. taekwondo <laughs> Acting, singing. So many badges. Yeah. (laughs) Lots of badges. So good at not tying. (laughs) Yeah, you know, I just try to do everything. (laughs) How did you measure your success for yourself in all of these different things? Like, I guess Taekwondo is like an easy thing because you can get different belts, belts, right? Yeah. Yeah. For me, I, I just thought it was really fun as a kid. I didn't put too much pressure on myself when I was younger. I had this crazy just like confidence in myself and in my career and kind of thought that everything would be easy actually so I never really tried that hard when I was young it kind of just all just naturally happened and I feel like I kind of just manifested everything like manifested my whole career for myself because I didn't have any like advantages I was just like a normal kid yeah so I really kind of just it it really felt easy like I would just get I mean, not everything was easy in terms of like, I didn't get the best parts or like the biggest roles. I wasn't like a child star per se, but like I never felt like I, you know, had to try too hard in terms of how I felt about my career. I just had this like confidence that everything was going to work out and I was gonna, you know, achieve everything that I wanted to achieve easily. And I didn't really start having any kind of like, feelings of doubt or like jadedness or you know that kind of stuff until like you kind of got more deep into like the music business and and going through you know just life in the music business (laughs) did you did you manifest your driver's license the first time yeah i got it the first time (laughs) yeah who Um, taught you how to drive my dad he taught me at my grandma's house in iowa your grandmother lives in Iowa. Yep, yep. My mom is from Iowa. My dad grew up in Iowa. They met in Iowa. Wow. Shout out to Iowa. <laughs> Where would you drive around as like a 16-year-old? I would go to like Pinkberry, the Glendale Galleria. Mm-hmm. Isn't walking around the mall like <laughs> such a lost like thing now? Yeah, I used to do it all the time just to kill time. Yeah, just yeah, aimlessly. But now there aren't any more malls. Yeah, yeah. Everything. Glendale Galleria like, still stands. Oh no, I mean like yes, the, the structures are still there, but like the energy is very different than it yeah. used to be. Yeah, for like, sure. Like you know, um, 
like Mary J. Blige got discovered at the Galleria where it, we grew yeah, up. Yeah, yeah, but, really? yeah. Really? Yeah. That's cool. I mean, uh, we're like we're a, a little contest? younger. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, she, no she, she she recorded. She, they had like a little like um, recording booth in the mall. Really? Yeah, and she did That's her like cool. demo there. Got yeah, a cassette. And, yeah. Shout out to malls. Yeah, yeah. crisscross got discovered at the mall. Yeah. Um, Yachty got discovered at the mall. A lot of people used to perform at malls. Totally. Yeah. Oh yeah. Like mall tours. Yeah. Tiffany, like all them. Yeah. Yeah, great. So when you were like getting around to that like 15, 16, 17 year old age, mm-hmm. are you still as involved in acting or were you shifting yourself more into the musical space? Um, the last thing that I did before I took my hiatus was Two and a Half Men when I was 15. And then I was like, yeah, I'm going to come back to this at a later date. I want to focus on music solely. Were you excited when you got that uh, call from CBS or from uh, Two and a Half Men? Yeah, that was sick. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like, what were those days like? I mean, we saw a clip reel of what you were doing, which wasn't, like, the most challenging work. Yeah, for sure not. Yeah. (laughs) But, like, what were those days like? Like, did you... Or was that like you had to do a bunch of takes? Was yeah, it-, it was just cool because that was like a sitcom, so that was a new experience because there was a live audience and there were cameras. Which did you play to? That's it. You have to play to both. Oh wow! <laughs> <laughs> it's 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 so exciting to be like into your process. I know. You know? Yeah, 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 yeah. But again, I didn't really think about it. Like you said, it wasn't like that challenging. Yeah, like it was like you stand there and like they open the door. And I was just like, hey. <laughs> I'm the neighbor girl. Was it hurry up and wait? I mean, sets are a lot of wait. I wouldn't say it's too much hurry up. It's just like wait, wait, mm-hmm. wait, 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 <laughs> wait, 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 shoot. <laughs> you had been recording music. Mm-hmm. Well, I was in a girl group. So how did I that... hadn't done my own music yet. How did that come to be? A girl through like acting who was like, hey. There's this girl group that's starting. They're looking for a black girl. They said that? <laughs> yeah, of course. Like <laughs> people do that did that all the time. I don't know if they still do, but at the time they they were very transparent about it. Man. One black girl, one Asian girl, <laughs> one Latina girl, and one redhead girl and one blonde girl. And that was literally That's like, the Spice Girls. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wait, so, and they got were, those? They did that all the time. Yeah. They hit, they hit yeah, bingo. Yeah. Was, yeah, exactly. That was it. It was a good learning experience. Was I was it, real young. Was it easy to work in like, I mean, basically, you're just like following directions from on high, right? Yeah, exactly. So you're just like saying your lines, doing the thing. And mm-hmm, then mm-hmm. did you enjoy the experience of working with other people? Um, I mean, working with other people was fun. Having other girls around me, especially at that age, you know, it takes a lot of the pressure off of you yeah. as like a kid going through you know puberty this and that you know there's five of us i can't imagine necessarily what that would have been like if i was by myself but at the same time i had a huge desire to be creatively in control of my music career even then so that never really sat that well with me that i didn't have that control Mm -hmm. so i always kind of wanted to write my own songs direct my own videos and did you did you pitch any ideas to them and i did we started you know eventually as we got a little bit older um but most of majority of the decisions were definitely not not ours (laughs) yeah and what were those days like was it a lot of like studio time a lot of rehearsals a lot of yeah we would rehearse like two nights a week we would be in the studio recording songs. We we basically recorded an album, but we never put it out. Um, we 
went on tour with Justin Bieber. That was probably like the coolest thing that we did. Wow. Holy shit. Yeah, that was really cool. Did, did you play any malls? We did not. Oh, we, did, right. so we did stadiums, which is yeah, so yeah, cool. Well, yeah. la- arena. Or, well, yeah, arenas. So did you travel by bus or? Uh-huh. Yeah, we were on a tour bus. Like we had screaming fans, but really they were Justin Bieber fans. Yeah. But at the time, you know, they were so, oh my God, so excited about him. That was like the My World Tour days. He was like on another level of just fame. They would wait outside the bus, wait outside the hotel, and they would just be into anything associated with him. So they were just into us too. Right. So we were feeling it. We were like, we are famous. <laughs> this is the shit. But yeah, that was cool. You were on that tour for multiple cities. Mm-hmm. And when that tour was over, what came next? By then, we'd already been in the group for like, I want to say like three to four years. Well, no. Eventually, what happened was we'd been in the group. I'd been in the group for four years. We'd been together for four years. And it, at that time, felt like a very long time of our life. (laughs) And um, we never had put out an album. And we, at least I definitely felt like I had to move forward um, musically and find my own musical identity. And other people had kind of other you know, desires for what they wanted to do with their lives. Like one of them eventually got married one of them like moved to san francisco one of them kind of just we all kind of did different things yeah so the redhead didn't want to be the redhead anymore you yeah know? yeah you know she went back to her natural color <laughs> <laughs> and it was it was it was it was fun though but were those hard conversations to have to be you know willing yeah. to leave yeah but i was i felt like it was the right thing to do at the time and at the same time when you're put together like that you don't have the same kind of, I feel like, allegiance to each other as you would if you form each other as a group of friends or like siblings, which sometimes groups are. Yeah. Um, I mean, we're family siblings. members. Yes. Yeah. 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 Things like that. Yeah. So. I mean, I'm ready to leave. <laughs> <laughs> Jeff yeah, wants to but, go back to but his. you're holding on based on yeah, blood. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I want to not be a redhead together. anymore. Yeah, exactly right. Yeah. <laughs> so when it came to recording your own music, where did you have your studio sessions for your solo stuff at that point? That's when I built a studio in my room. I had like acting money, money yeah. that I'd saved up from acting as a kid. So your studio ended up being like like a table with a computer and a couple of amps and a microphone. Was it still at the same home England. that you grew up in? Oh yeah. So if you were recording, four doors? yeah, yeah would people ever w- walk in just looking to get to the kitchen? Oh, yeah. And if they were in the kitchen, especially if my mom was like washing dishes, like you could hear it. <laughs> and so it would be so annoying because there would be takes where it just be like, shh. <laughs> and I'd be like, oh, my God. That's ruined. Did you engineer your own sessions? Yes. Wow. Yeah. I so you myself. did everything yourself. Yes. What? I taught myself how to record and mix and... Yeah, all the stuff. Were you recording in the middle of the night? Oh, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Late into the night. Who was the most trusted person that you would play your solo music for at that point? Um, Or did you not play for people? I didn't play for too many people. And I still don't. I'm kind of, well, I recently got much better at playing my new stuff for people. But like up until I'd say like the last couple of years. I've been super weird about it. Like, I don't like playing it for people. Yeah. Like, skipping ahead, like, when you do have to play it for people, mm-hmm. are you the type who, like, say you're in a, a meeting with um, a label. Yeah. 
are you the type who will look people in the eye or like as they listen yeah yeah that's why i don't like it because like i'll be like what the f- are they thinking <laughs> you're like trying to force them to like yeah. it by being like i don't want to force them to like it though either that's the other thing is because i want to know their genuine reaction so i don't want to like i'm trying to analyze like are they faking this yeah, right because i'm here oh man you're really overthinking like it, it yeah i'm yeah. like do they really like it are they <laughs> nodding their head are they reading their phone like i will start like that's why i don't really like playing on music for people because did like, you see what's going on? have you seen remember when bobby schmurder was like going to different labels and then he signed with epic mm-hmm. there's this famous video online of him with the entire epic staff and mm-hmm. la reed is just sitting there like drinking his coffee like not giving any like <laughs> i don't think I've ever and seen bobby that. is going crazy with it like jumping, yeah, jumping on, on the, the table, table. Yep. like wow. they're playing the song computers which would go on to be like humongous yeah but no one in the room is reacting yeah yeah and i've been in meetings like that yeah for sure. <laughs> oh super fun meetings oh, is that yeah. what we're talking about yeah. Oh, yeah we're talking about the same meetings yeah super super great ones that make you feel like you knocked it out the park right <laughs> <laughs> so in that time when you're recording it and you're not sharing it with anyone, what is the plan? I just put stuff out. I didn't really, again, I never, I didn't really think about it too much. You put stuff out via hot new hip hop, wow. that pit. Did you do the same like thing that like anyone else would do? Just email it to like yeah. whatever editors were working yeah, on there. Yeah, yeah, I'd find the emails of the people from like the different sites. Was there a Hi, pitch sir, and or matter? Yeah, I, know, I yeah. like your blog and or website. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, I, hey, I'm putting out a mixtape. But I also kind of had like a small following at the time, so that kind of helped. The Justin Bieber fans. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) You know? But who who showed the most love like early? Hmm. That really like meant something to you? Um, gosh, that's, that's a good question. They're Um, all good questions. (laughs) Like every single one. True, true, true. Yeah. Yeah. Did you hear the driver's license question? Yeah. (laughs) Um, I'm gonna say like dazed and confused, maybe mm-hmm. the magazine. The magazine, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. When you first got like posted somewhere, were you just like, oh shit, like this is yeah, it's moving. Cool. It all kind of happened really fast though, so that's why it's hard to pinpoint one thing because it kind of was a perfect storm. Like when I dropped my first mixtape, that's when I just started getting all of the different little blogs would post about it and write about it, and. Then I would put out another one and then it would just be like more and then I'd put out another one and it'd just be a little more. Was it anything where you did real life like pitching to like DJs around town or you like Um, it was mostly online. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Who who would you say was on your team? No nobody. It was you. Um, well, I got my manager at the time when I was probably like seventeen, yeah. So yeah, I had a I had a manager. Me and him. And did you see like And then I signed to RCA pretty quickly though, after I put out my first mixtape, honestly. So there was no sort of uh, trips to all the different labels, or did you have that? I did, but again, this was this all happened really fast. So I like put out, I want to say, yeah, I put out my first mixtape. All the blogs started writing about it, and then all the labels started calling. And they were, I did like a round of meetings with everybody, and like did the thing, like played them the music, did the little song and dance, and. Eventually, I went in, like, with RCA, I went in, I was just like, look, I'm going to do it with or without you. Like, I, <laughs> I specifically remember saying that to them. Yeah. I'm going to do it with or without you guys, so you can either, like, be, be a part of this or not. Yeah. And so I played them my first mixtape, and they listened to the song My High three times in a row. And I was like, oh, yeah, they like my music. They really <laughs> like what I'm doing. 
which is ironic because whatever. Um, so that was just like a really good moment. And then pretty much after that, I signed really quickly. Immediately, they gave you a full team and you're dealing with like an A&R and yep. you're dealing with yep. a publicity was, team and a radio team. Yeah, and- like 18. But at the time, I, d- I didn't have any songs. So then I spent the next two years working with a variety of different producers and songwriters. So you were back in like actual like studio studios? Yep, yep. I was in studio studios. So you weren't like demoing anything still in your bedroom? Nope. So okay. that was a big shift. And I went, well, I mean, I would like on, yeah, on yeah, the yeah. side, but for the most part, yeah, I was in studio studios with like all of like the biggest, hottest people at the time. And Here I would in go, town. Yeah, yeah. I would go by myself. And it would just be me and these people that have, you know, made all these hits. And that it was a really interesting learning experience how to... Navigate those, yeah. Yeah, navigate those scenarios and find my position in in a room where, you know, you are just one, you know, young girl. Yeah, Yeah. and, like, some of them know you, like, know about you, and some of them don't. A lot of them didn't. Yeah. A lot of them were probably just my label called them, like, she's dope, she's our priority, you gotta get in with her, and I'm like, okay. And then it's like you have to, like, establish some sort of, like, relationship. In two days. Right, right, in two days. Or sometimes even quicker than that. Right. In, it's just in like, one hour, because if if you don't do it like the first day, then you know they're not going to come back for day two. Yeah, like <laughs> who was somebody that you you instantly bonded with at that time? Um, at the time, it's I it's hard to remember. I have a lot of friendships that I've kind of developed now over the years. Yeah, but um, and that's a fair I thing don't to, know to if answer it was too. Really very instantaneous with anyone and that's why a lot of it was like jumping around working with this person and that person and song by song i really curated that first album aquarius that was really me putting it you know together there wasn't like a thread of i've never really had the thread the luxury i feel would be of like the thread of one kind of producer with one focus yeah did you feel at that time because like you know we talked about how you were you were like, this is going to be so easy. Like, things are just, like, falling into my lap. I'm young, and, mm-hmm. like, there's just a good energy around you, right? Mm-hmm. And then there's this time where all these new people are coming in. Some get you, some don't. Mm-hmm. Does that sort of, like, fuck with you? Yeah, I think that's when it started, for sure. It 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 definitely fucked with me in terms of, like, I thought that my... I started to think that what I would bring to the table wasn't good mm-hmm. because I would be in these scenarios and... I would be like, we should do it like this. They'd be like, yeah, but, you know, we should do it like this. Um, and that would be how most of it would go. Or if I would do a song, like, in my home studio and then send it, and then I would do a song with, like, this other songwriter and then send it, they would freak out about the one that the other person wrote, but then, like, what I would send would get no reaction. So that would definitely mess with my head over, you know, however many years and you're going into these rooms by yourself and so it's a lot of stuff to put on your shoulders yeah where it's just like what the fuck am i doing like what did i sign up for did you feel like you had signed up for this thing that you did and i know that you're like free of Mm -hmm. rca now Mm -hmm. but like at the time were you like what have i done um not necessarily because I think it kind of happened slowly before I realized that it was like a problem necessarily like I didn't have the opportunity to work with any of these producers or or songwriters or even in these studios before so to be fair Mm -hmm. I was 
stoked. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You know, so that was the other thing that was why it would kind of mess with my head in terms of instead of it just being like obvious. If it was obvious, it wouldn't have been so insidious. You know, like if it, they just came to you like, hey, you aren't, you know, I don't know. It, it it was more like this is going to be really fun. This is going to be a great experience. You're working with people that you would dream to work with. Then you want to kind of, you know, do what they want to do too. So it's not totally like people just being like, you're going to be forced to do things you don't want to do. You're kind of just like, I mean, I guess I want to do that. Like, yeah, no, I mean, there's know? a trade off, right? And there's there's also no blueprint to any of this for sure. So if you're 18 and you're going through it, yeah. Is there anybody else that you know where you can just be like, hey, you know, you have this similar yeah, experience. No. Right. I, that was the other thing. It was like, for example, my best friend, which we talked about earlier, she's a lawyer. So yeah. she was like in law school. So I couldn't really <laughs> ever talk to her about what was going on because she just had no frame of reference in terms of giving me kind of any guidance, you know, and yeah. no one really did. My parents didn't have any of that. They weren't from the music business. So, yeah, there was no. And by yeah, the way, at the same time. it. <laughs> I, I, I don't know your parents, but I'm going to assume like yeah. they want the best for you and they want to give whatever advice they can think yeah, of. Yeah. Like we've dealt with the same things. We have our career mm -hmm. over 12 years that like, you know, people would try to give advice and it's like, mm. you don't know. You like don't, you just, yeah. you can't, you can't really understand where we're coming from. And that I'm sure had to happen for you. Totally. So that's, that's hard also when you're growing up and you don't really have like a mentor. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was just a learning experience. How was your manager at the time? Um, it was it was again, I think a learning experience. He'd never managed anyone before and he hadn't and he didn't manage anyone else. So How did you find him in the first place? Um, he worked with the with the group that I was in and ran like the top 40 department over at a record label. So he mm -hmm. had like a different career and then kind of switched gears to to work in in management. So we were just kind of you know just trying to figure figure everything yeah. out. Yeah, what's the best thing that he did for you? Um, I think the best thing was having that just that closeness from that that family dynamic because it was from the beginning from the jump and and yeah, I would I would you know spend nights at their couch. There was that there was that belief that it was everything was going to work out and again that was part of what was really important for me because I always had that and I needed someone else to kind of be on board with that. Hey gang, it's Jeff here from the podcast. The podcast that you've been listening to for the past, I don't know, 40 minutes. <laughs> you might recognize my voice. These dulcet tones. That's right. I wanted to take a little time out of my day mm -hmm. to tell you what's going on with me. What's going on with you, Jeff? Well, I'm sitting here in my apartment and I'm trying to move these 8 billion t-shirts. Yeah, but Jeff... If I was to tell you that I knew a place that had 8 billion people looking for t-shirts, mm -hmm. what would you say? I'd say you're crazy, man. <laughs> say you're crazy. No, you're, Jeff, you're out of your gourd. It's a real thing. What? It, that place is called China. <laughs> man. <laughs> Yo, if there's anybody in China, now is the time to buy all of our t-shirts. What better time than now? You can also buy our t-shirts even if you don't live in China. Say you live in, I don't know, New York. Yeah. You can buy 8 billion t-shirts and send them to China. Hold up. Mm -hmm. I do live in New York. Mm -hmm. I own 8 billion t-shirts. Send them all to China, Eric. I'm going to do that. Where can you go to get those t-shirts? It's thereal.com slash shop. And now back to the podcast. How much did you recognize that you had a singular voice at that time? Like there were not a lot of singers that were like you. Um, In terms of what? In terms sonically? of your, your voice and your tone and your... 
Um, and just general vibe. Yeah. I yeah. think I just, again, at the beginning, there wasn't too much thought put into it. It was just really kind of what I liked. So when it kind of, I think when awry was when there was a little bit more like strategy put into it or like thought put behind it. But like at first it was just like whatever I kind of just liked. <laughs> yeah. There was no real rhyme or reason. Because, okay, with all due respect to Britney Spears, like mm-hmm. at that time when Britney Spears hit, every label was like, we can find a girl who can do Britney Spears. Oh, yeah. I mean, well, there's always a formula and sometimes it does work, but it usually doesn't you know usually it's outside of the the typical formula for what they think or people think will work but you can't blame businesses for trying oh no (laughs) i will absolutely blame every single business for trying (laughs) but it's but it's difficult to be somebody who's unique yeah absolutely and as an artist i think that's something that we really value um that not necessarily businesses can inherently understand like they're just so different art and commerce you know so there's always going to be some type of a a level of you know conflict conflict there i think but two on hits Mm -hmm. and hits big that was great did you like that song yeah that one was actually cool because interestingly enough i'd created it yeah like kind of outside of the label like it was me and my friends in a garage kind of nearby here um and yeah we just sent it in and they actually did react really well to that one i was like oh yes we did it <laughs> we did it so that was fun for me because that was rare in that moment were you aware of the machinations of like okay this is how we're going to grow this song mm-hmm. and we feel like there's a path to getting it like high on the charts and really becoming omnipresent no i don't think there was too much i think that was it was a lot of surprises with that record um i also think it could have got even higher if there was more of a strategy for that um what were the things that they did to to grow it i did like a radio promo tour i did like the bet awards pre-show not much. Mm. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> That's, That's really Because I mean, like, it's, it's one of those, like, seminal yeah. records where it's just like, oh, I know where I was this time, this place. Yeah. It, it was so big. It very organically. It was yeah. very organic. There really wasn't too much of a rollout plan. Any remixes were surprises or? Yeah, the Drake remix I found out, like, on Twitter. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Found out, like, how? Someone tweeted me like Drake remixed your song. You're like, like, sorry, <laughs> what? Yeah, you closed Twitter, just like, just like no. Like, yeah, right. <laughs> but still curious, so clicked the link. It wasn't Drake type. It yeah. was. It was actually Drake. Yeah, it was actually Drake. Was it on Hot New Hip Hop? Yes, it was. No. <laughs> yes, it was. It was probably the number one on Hot New Hip Hop that day. How did you get Schoolboy on? Um, my label paid him like twenty five grand, I think, or something like that. Maybe. So no, like relationship with him. No, I did not know him. I was just a fan. Yeah, that's cool. That's yeah. pretty wild. Yeah, big fan. Were there any remixes that you heard that were like outside of the? There was a lot. It I, so much happened so quick with that record. It was hard to process that. Also, I don't think also I had a grasp of how successful it really was doing. So I wasn't taking mental note of a lot. I was just doing radio shows and i don't even know what i was doing (laughs) traveling yeah i went on tour 
pretty soon after 2015 with Nicki Minaj. Then I went on tour with Katy Perry right after that. So I spent that whole year on the road. So I was just doing that. Man. I had to was that exciting was or on. exhausting or all of the above? It was so fun. I loved touring. But it was also but it was also exhausting. It also felt like I was maybe not focusing on yeah, on like promoting my music and like growing my music. I was just on the road. I think that was a little frustrating for me at the time. But it was really fun. I loved touring. What record do you really appreciate from that first album that you think is underrated? Hmm. Um, how many times featuring future? That's a good one. What did it mean to you? Yeah, I just think it's a jam. It samples Janet, which you know I love. Oh, she's a huge inspiration to me. You got to do a thing for Janet, right? For the BET Awards. Yeah, that was so fun. Yeah. Did you so get to cool. meet her? No, I oh. wish. <laughs> I wish. Yeah, she was like there. She came out afterwards, got her award, and then left. After that first project lands and continues on and two on is like, you know, climbing the charts. Mm -hmm. How soon does RCA come back and say, all right, great, follow up? Pretty quickly, but we really shifted gears sonically. We went with the song Pretend featuring ASAP Rocky, which was kind of like slow, mm -hmm. slow jam, and it didn't do that well. So I wonder if we should have put out like a fast song. Did you know Rocky? Two on ish song. But no, like, I didn't know anybody. I met everybody. Yeah, I mean he he's on he was on RCA as well. Yeah, that so was they were just like, oh, yeah, yeah, exactly. Let's clear this thing real quick. Yeah, mm -hmm. if you had gone with another fast song, then it like pigeonholes you into for sure. Yeah. So like obviously, the there's no real looking back. the The journey has been the journey, but yeah, that was that song. It for whatever reason. Yeah, that song definitely wasn't too on success, but given the success of too on, mm -hmm. and given that you had been an actor mm -hmm. for so long, do opportunities to act come back in that time? Mm, not really. I don't think people really associated me as an actress. They hadn't seen Two and a Half Men. I know. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I guess they didn't. You know, <laughs> my most memorable performance. You know, I don't know. So not really, no. Yeah. So you you get back in and you start recording. Mm -hmm. Was your mind state different in recording that second album than, than the first? For sure. I think with your second album, you feel like you have more to prove. Now, yeah. all of a sudden, you have pressure. This was the first time, for example, I thought it would be hard instead of thinking that everything in my life would be just like easy and natural. Did like, you feel oh, like... Oh, shit. This is good. I have to like try. Yeah. yeah. And but, there were a lot of people in the room again. Yeah. But given like more. given the success of the first album, did you feel like maybe you would have more control? Not really. Maybe I did, but again, I think I was just more so affected by the the pressure of everyone being like, the fans now being like, it should be like this, and the media being like, it should be like this, and the label being like, it should be like this, and management being like, it should be like this, when I never, ever even had that input before. Yeah. With my first album, I never had that. With my mixtapes, I didn't have that. So it was like, that was kind of a whole new, and I don't think I really responded to it too well. <laughs> Meaning? Um, like, it, I didn't, like, rise to that occasion as, like, oh, I'm gonna now take back control. I think I felt even more out of control. I felt really out of control with my second album with Joyride. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I was. I felt really out of control. It I mean, also at that time, out. like, uh, you almost lost your album title. 
Like there was just oh, a yeah. lot of like it shit going lot on. Of, yeah, it was a lot of little things. I I lost my album title track. I lost like several different kind of like little songs got like nixed or things had to change. I wanted to put it out and wanted to go on tour and had this like whole tour set up and then like I put out a song and it didn't do that well. So then the album got pushed back. So then the tour got canceled. So I was just like bummed and that you know it kind of tarnished i feel like my entire process of putting out that album yeah i think that like what is so amazing about you is that you do have this resilience that you do sort of like rise above Mm -hmm. all this shit like you're still here oh yeah (laughs) and still killing it (laughs) well stopping has never been an option for me it's always just been like little things that have been bummers or setbacks but i don't think i've ever allowed myself to get that far to a place where I'm like I was I would ever quit or I would you know it it doesn't even feel like that's a possibility to me because like this is what I do you know like this is like even if there was a million people listening or even if I had even like less fans and less support than I do now like I said I have no choice I have to just keep making music (laughs) <laughs> we we sold the TV show to MTV uh-huh. in 2015. Yeah, and the woman who bought the show left the week after she bought it. Oh my god! You know, you know that story that like everybody goes through, no. and it's like, well, it's not going to happen to us, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. So we do that, and then in dealing with the new people who come on, you want to make it work, right? Right. You yep. Feel like this is your big opportunity, yeah. and so you bend as much as you can, but try to hold on to what your idea is. Right. How much did you bend and like concede? Because you were trying to be a team player. For sure. A lot. Yeah. A lot. A lot. Over the years. Would a you? Lot. So they would make a suggestion like, hey, would you work with this producer? Hey, would you work with this artist? Or hey. We should put out this song. Or hey, we should. This should be the single. Or hey, we should add this feature. And things like that. Where I was just like, I don't know. Do you kick yourself now considering that? No, because I didn't really have a choice, A. And B, because I it was... Like I said, it's not, like, totally, like, anybody's fault. Like, nobody ever, like, forced me to necessarily do anything. Again, like you said, I was trying to just, like, do the best I could. And I wanted to put things out. And they would put things out if I, like, you know, had a good relationship with my record label. So I wanted to, yeah, maintain that to a certain extent. What vacation did you take that you were able to really just like leave everything behind, turn your phone off, escape and be 100% present in who you were and where you were? I'd go to my grandma's house. I would go to Iowa. (laughs) Do you appreciate the stillness and the like it's not, you know, a lot of houses around, I'm I'm guessing. Or or if it is, it's like it's different. There's like cornfields and I go on lots of bike rides. Yeah, it's, it's different. It's a nice change of pace. But I couldn't live there, though. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> but I'll visit. Yeah. I mean, there's just not a lot of music industry stuff out there's there. There's not too many people to collab with. But <laughs> yeah. there probably are, honestly, though. But, yeah, there's just m- much more. To it's a it's a harder fight. Here. Yeah. Yeah. Does anybody recognize you in Iowa? Um, Maybe. Uh, yeah. 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 Like at like the grocery store or something. Yeah. Yeah. The airport, the mall, the yeah, mall. The mall. <laughs> Yo, you're gonna get sponsored by the mall so quick. <laughs> <I know, yeah. laughs> Was there ever a point where you felt you had to like 
in like at the height of like Tuan, mm-hmm. did you feel like you had to live up to whatever the name Tanache was? Mm, I don't think it was that early, but eventually, yes. What did that mean to you? Um, I think again that was just that pressure to like do something that was like a hit. I always like had to make hits. I always had to work with people who were going to make hits, and I had to make hits, and every song had to sound like a hit. Which like I still don't really know what that means. <laughs> what happens if like like in that time period like TMZ would run up on you? Did you feel like you had to give them a quote? Did you feel like you had to keep yourself in that cycle? Yeah, but I never really subscribed to that too much. It was always more music based for me that I wanted to, like the recognition. Mm-hmm. And I didn't really have anything to talk about at that point. So if you went on a radio run too. Yeah. Did you have talking points or did you feel like you had to like, you know, because so some morning shows, they'll be like, hey, just jump in and like, let's talk about news. But like, if you're doing like an afternoon show, it's all about you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Um, I think a lot of it eventually became about like me putting out my music that I recorded in my bedroom. That was always a huge talking point for me, me trying to motivate young girls to get into engineering and producing and um, getting into that side of music that was a big thing I always talked about but then other than that yeah I mean a lot of my really early interviews were like pervy douchey damn for sure if you watch some of them they're so cringy how do you make it through that <laughs> I don't know I don't know because yeah. now like now I'm like how how yeah why did I do why did I sit through that that's crazy. wait what were they asking you you're just talking about my boobs a lot and stuff I don't it, know, just different things. I was going to be like, it was a different time, but it's not a different time. No, it was yeah, like five yeah. years ago. <laughs> yeah, it was like a slightly different time. But like, yeah, but not. <laughs> okay, you had pushbacks. Your album was rescheduled. Yeah. It was coming, then it wasn't. Yeah. And like, you know, your name change and like all the rest of the bullshit that you were dealing with. And then you ended up working through them. Mm-hmm. How much did you really want to leave the label far before you did? Um, I just felt like I had to finish that project. Like I had this really strong desire to like put a bow on that experience and to really finish it because I'd been talking about it for so many years. So I didn't really honestly consider it as like a real possibility until after that project was done. Because even before then, like you had a project and they called it like a mixtape or something, right? Yeah, which yes. Which I thought was a shame. Yeah. <laughs> but you would still go out and like perform those songs and mm-hmm. like you felt good about the stuff you put out. Yeah. Okay. I love so them. Yeah. Then you, you put the album out. Mm-hmm. How quickly after were you like, okay, cool. I've done all I could do with you guys. Very honestly, very quickly after. Very quickly. Yeah. Because I didn't. Yeah. I think once that was off my chest, I was like, yeah, I got to I got to do some do something else i gotta make some changes because right whenever like a project comes out if you don't roll into like a promo run you kind of get right back into a creative mode at least for me mm-hmm. um so i was didn't feel like i could do either because i was like over it and so yeah that felt like the logical next step leaving the label mm-hmm. did you have any plan as to what you're going to do next nope is no that clue. freeing or scary? Both. Okay. Both. It was 
Yeah, and definitely intimidating because you don't know what's going to happen. But in that not knowing what's going to happen is like the re-emergence of faith in myself. Like, oh, it's fine. It's going to work. Like, I'll figure this out. And in finding that again, then you do figure it out. You know, you recently lined up with uh, Rock Nation. Uh-huh. What was that process like? That was really important in I think again taking a step away from what I had done in the past and moving towards what I wanted to do in the future because I'd worked again with my management for like eight years that was the same manager yep wow yep yep so that was hard really hard like the hardest thing I ever did that's (laughs) that's like a breakup yeah yeah it was hard there's like family it's yeah it's hard was it um, was was that that couldn't have been like one conversation was it it was mostly one conversation well i had we had a conversation like a year prior mm-hmm. but it was mo- ultimately like one major conversation yeah so you had just made up your mind and it was just like i need to make yeah. this change wow yeah. and so you entered the rock nation thing how many conversations was that um a few a few. I met them like with my lawyer. Then I like met at the office. Then I thought about it. I was meeting other people at the time, trying to just like decide what felt right. Your Instagram is is pretty great. Thanks. And I think most of what makes it great is that it seems very authentic. Thank you. Well, it is. <laughs> I, I, I hope so because um, I want to say that, especially your stories, right? Uh-huh. For the last eight or nine months. It seems like you've been having fun. Yeah. Like and enjoying yourself. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like go to John and Vinny's. You have a good time. For right. Sure. Like you record. Mm-hmm. You're having a good time. And now that the album's out, you're enjoying like everyone else's reactions. But you couldn't have gotten to that place without like working on yourself and getting to enjoy the process. Right. Definitely. So you went through whatever dark periods you went through. Mm-hmm. Did you record through the dark periods and the good periods? Yeah. I mean, I think the dark was mostly when I was like in the studio. That was when I felt the most inspired because I didn't really feel like there was much else motivating me. But I feel like once I got like so many songs that I was super stoked about, that's when obviously I started feeling much better about everything. (laughs) And by the way, I think one of the dopest things that you've been doing, and I don't know if you've put them out beyond your Instagram TV, Mm -hmm. but... Someone documented the at least some of the parties. process of recording. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. And I think, and I saw the first one. I don't know if you put anything more, maybe mm-hmm. like last week. Mm-hmm. I think it's really dope because we had an idea of like who you were without mm-hmm. even meeting you. Like that's you. Right. So um, is there more to that? Yes, there is. I mean, I tried to shoot as much as I could of the real process. It's hard because in the real process, it's v- so drawn out. It takes so many hours over so many days yeah. that it's literally impossible to capture that much footage. <laughs> but I was lucky enough to capture a few of the records. And I bet it's hard to trim it down. Oh, <laughs> it, it's just hard. It's just hard to even shoot that much footage. You know how many gigabytes, like, it's a, lot. a couple hours of video footage is? <laughs> like, yeah. it's huge. And then you do that every day for months. Like, right. It's hard. So. And there's no definite deadline. It's right. just, oh, this could go on forever. Right, and you don't know which songs you're keeping yet, so you're just like, I guess I'll keep them all. And then your <laughs> computer's full, and then you're like, oh. Um, but, yeah, so I do have you know, some more video, but I love to be able to share that because yeah, I think it shows, um, a side of 
both me as like a person, me as an artist, but also just the process that people don't necessarily always see. They kind of see like a glossy, shined up version of that. I bet Tinashe at RCA is shiny and perfect and you don't see any of the vulnerability. Mm-hmm. This you are showing vulnerability. Yeah, that was a big goal of mine with this whole. Is that difficult though? At first, I think now it feels right, so it's less hard. But definitely at first, because I feel like I always wanted to project, yeah, some type of perfect exterior, and I think that that to be able to not do that takes, yeah, some type of just strength, confidence, all the above. You've recorded this album over eighteen months. Mm when did you have an idea of how you would release it um i still don't know how i'm gonna how i'm releasing it um i but you did release it i yeah (laughs) but like in terms of just like the rollout and like what what i'm doing like a lot of it is just like winging it Mm -hmm. and um i mean the plan for like rolling it out like was pushed back for lots of weeks because of legal reasons like we're trying to put this out independently is like difficult yeah (laughs) yeah. so that took a a second but yeah so there's not too again too much like rhyme or reason but at the same time like it's it's i think i really kind of saw it coming together within the last two months before we released okay don't be generic at all okay your fans seem really really awesome they are and your relationship with them seems very very awesome so you go to different cities and you do private listenings with your fans yeah that was amazing number one like everyone's like oh my god tanashi gave me a hug right like that seemed like really genuine and awesome number two you put out a poster yeah and people like either got on you for like the text choices oh, that you yeah. made or whatever. Yeah, yeah. But then like other people were like, hey, this is a better one. Yeah. And then you'd be like, all right, cool. And you like yeah, use yeah, like yeah. the 15 that like followed then. And that's just like off the love, right? Right, yeah. How much do you appreciate, and don't be generic, mm-hmm. how much do you appreciate your fans? I mean, it's insane. The kind of feedback that they've given me, especially through this process, has been, I feel like, life changing in terms of my motivation like truly I don't know what I would do without my fans because they have driven me especially as an independent artist you don't have that anything driving you other than yourself and and that feedback from other people so I mean if I'm just talking to a wall that does nothing so to have people respond to the content that I put out or to come to the listening sessions to be there to feel that energy to put that energy into the music into the universe to share it with their friends to tell people about it it means 10 times what it ever meant before you know that is so not generic yeah right. <laughs> that was such a good job was it yeah being facetious no, no. <laughs> so okay you cook you bake do you still do taekwondo no okay if you had to yeah could you is I it muscle memory don't doubt me okay <laughs> i would never i don't want to put doubt into the community right yeah right What's one thing that you that you have not been able to do yet, but that you would like to do, like a skill? Um, probably like scuba dive. Okay. 
<laughs> no, I mean, is like, that yeah. like yeah. unexpected? You yes. seemed yeah. really well, thrown off. Well, no, I was like, I wonder if that's like a skill. Like, I, 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 I was also think... wondering, yeah, if you okay, put that what, on the back of like your headshot. <laughs> well, I mean, like, because you can, you can cook, you can bake, you can do like. I would. I don't know. I was mostly. I was thinking about food. List, <laughs> list some skills. Let's see if I got it. You were just thinking of food yeah. skills. Yeah. yeah. PowerPoint. <laughs> I got. I can make a PowerPoint. Dope. Um. So you were you skateboarding. Were, no, I can't skateboard. Can't. Would skateboard. you like to? No. By the way, so I don't I see. A, there's not a lot of light between skateboarding and scuba diving. <laughs> yeah. So maybe I'm just wrong. <laughs> maybe. Like they're both activities. That's true. They are activities, but I I would rather learn how to scuba dive than skateboard. You're a classically trained dancer. Mm-hmm. You went on Dancing with the Stars. I did. Did you enjoy it? Yeah, it was fun. Was it intense? It was. It was really intense. Who was on your season? Um. <laughs> I like forgot. Oh. <laughs> um, gosh, yeah, I don't. I Did our mom vote for you? <laughs> I don't know. Good question. You should ask your mom. I'm Probably going not because I I lost like week three. I was out of there. What do you? What? Why? Why do you think you lost? It's a conspiracy. Oh, okay. Now I'm, I'm in. I'm Let's looking, go. Yeah. Why wait. was it a conspiracy? Because we all know everybody mm-hmm. votes for the people who they're like are the underdogs. They're gonna rise. You know, throughout wouldn't the that season. be you? Or do you no, think because, because you're so good, good at dancing? I, yeah, exactly. I they didn't want to see you win. Background, so right. that's like cheating. So they're like, she doesn't need the votes. You know. Damn. What did you I find? Saw that right? Sean Spicer <laughs> from the fucking White House. Exactly. So like, if that guy can go, oh. well, if also, that, guy, that guy, I'm sorry, also, he's also classically trained. Is. Yes. <laughs> we do know who the voting audience was. Wait, what made you sign up for it? Or did you? I thought it would just be like a fun. Did they reach out to you? And I also thought I would win. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There we go. You should yeah. have won. What do you what did you find More to be the Trump hardest Spicer. thing in that like whole three weeks? Uh it was honestly it was really strenuous. Like we were really like ballroom dancing. And if you take it seriously, it is not easy. Like so it's a real you, thing. Yeah, were you training like all day? Like Yeah, and practicing? we were and the choreography that I was doing with Brandon was like we were doing flips. He was flipping me up in the air, and do it. I was like bending in half. You had, had to do a three-way tango. Yeah, yeah, that was difficult. <laughs> what the fuck? That was difficult. How do you do that? Exactly. Yeah. That was like I'm I trying think to think that of the mechanics. We went home. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, you did get a high score, twenty-six out of thirty. Is that good? <laughs> we had, we got. I think we I'm got not better. a regular watcher. I know. I'm not, yeah, I'm gonna we be honest. Most most weeks. But twenty-six out of thirty seems like a good score. It was pretty good. Okay. I just don't understand the the mechanics of like doing bomb. like a... We, oh, I thought you said you didn't bond and I was like... Bomb. There <laughs> yeah, were three no. of you. When you... When good. you... Were That's asked, why I was a shocker. When you when were asked, Tom Bergeron announced that Tanache and Brandon were out of the competition, the crowd acted surprised, booing the judge's decision. See, it was an upset. Brandon, you s- actually said it in the package, said Bergeron. Sometimes the best dancers go. Damn. See, it's, it's a conspiracy, Damn. I'm saying. When you lost, when you were asked... Not to come back the next yeah. week. Did you think about like giving like some like crazy stank face to <laughs> the camera and just making it just a going big off. moment? Yeah, just like wow. start cussing at the camera and they have to cut it out That'd be dramatically. Great. That'd be great. Worst That'd elimination in Dancing with the Stars history. Wow. That's what people are calling it. I'll take that. Yeah. Put that on a trophy. Yeah. <laughs> Yo, you should make a, you have to make a sweatshirt. 
That would be so dope. I don't think it's it's like not that like timely anymore. But no, it's pretty important. Yo, what about <laughs> what about if we come back to LA? We're just talking about your relationship with your fans. What this if we is the most important? <laughs> what if we come back to LA in February? We come to a Taco Tuesday and we have sweatshirts. Wow. That say worst loss. You're officially in invited. Dancing <laughs> with the stars history. Sold. Yeah, that'd be hard. That would be hard. So okay, so you drop this album, it goes. To number one. Yeah, that was crazy. I wasn't expecting that. What did you expect? I had no expectations. You were thinking worst elimination and <laughs> dancing with the stars history. Yeah. No, but you put it out and like, did you think about putting your phone down and like going to see a movie and like just disappearing? Absolutely for not. You wanted to see tacos. it live? Yeah, I was like, I have to stay home for the next hours and read everything. Were you I by yourself like or did you have days, friends with you? Like two straight days. I was just at home. I'm like... Well, like my mom's house. I went back to Glendale. Like just refreshing and... Yeah. So you had no feeling that it would like rocket to number one? No, I had no anticipation. But, but I definitely wanted to soak in. Like I still knew that there would be like a barrage of comments. So I wanted to soak that in because you don't get that every day. Barrage like, of good a- comments? I mean, hopefully. Yeah, no, no, right, right, right. <laughs> Agreed. <laughs> I was hoping they would be majority positive. Yeah. But you, st- I still didn't know, like, you know, how positive, overwhelmingly positive. It was overwhelmingly positive. Yeah, definitely. The next morning, did you wake up and think, like, fuck, it was real? Yeah. And then I read more comments. <laughs> it did for, like, date. Like, honestly, the first few days, I was just reading stuff. Was it emotional? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. How so? Because it was just, it was just going so well. I just didn't, like I said, I've tried not to have expectations in just in case. But also, so you've been working on it for 18 months prior. Yeah. To give it to the world has got to be a huge yeah. endeavor for your soul, right? Definitely. So, it's I mean, soul. of course there's going to be some sort of release, right? 100%. Definitely. But I feel like that's also right before you drop it than necessarily when you drop it. When I dropped it, I had already kind of mentally gone through that. So now that you are in, you are in full control of your whole empire, right? Mm-hmm. Like no one else has their hands. In it. This is like your vision. Mm-hmm. You get to decide what songs you put out. You get to decide what artists you work with. You mm-hmm. get to decide what the music videos look like. Mm-hmm. How satisfying is that? Crazy. Amazing. It's been the best yeah yeah it's just been like the best experience because yeah i've just never felt as tapped into like natural what i you know just like oh i should do this i should do that so it's that's amazing and really instinctual you know you talked about all these people um writing nice comments Mm -hmm. when it did come out and like was there anyone maybe that you knew Maybe that you didn't know, but somebody that reached out and you were just like, wow, like, this one is very satisfying. It could have even been like somebody from RCA that was just like, I'm so happy for you. Yeah, I actually had a, a good amount of people from RCA say that they were really proud of what I did and, and the work itself. And that, yeah, that means a lot for sure. Coming from that relationship to know that people are still you know rooting for me and still are proud of how far I've come regardless of what's go- what we've been through. Yeah, that was great. Does your grandma um, enjoy that My album? grandma sent me a big text. Yeah, about all of her favorites. Save Room for Us is her favorite, but she also likes No Better. She can't decide if she likes the first half or the second half better. Is grandma a big texter? 
you know, she stays up with the times. Yeah. <laughs> does, she, does she have a memoji? <laughs> no, she doesn't. We should get her one. Does she yeah. FaceTime? Um, not really, because I don't really, I don't FaceTime. Oh. I don't like FaceTime. FaceTime's so in now. I don't know. Yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm not into it. <laughs> yeah, but you're not a rapper, so that's why. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Can I just say, you know, throughout this entire uh, conversation, mm-hmm. one thing that I've been super impressed by mm-hmm. is your command of vocabulary. Oh, thank you. You say a lot of just like great words, and there are a lot of people who like use words and they don't use them correctly. You yeah. use all your words correctly, like it's just <laughs> like you. really great talking to you. Thank so you. I, I, I appreciate hope you, that. Yeah. yeah, it's been a lovely conversation. Yeah, yeah. Thank but you. like, what is your media diet? Like, what do you read? What do you? Um, I think that just comes from a lot. Growing up, my dad was an English professor for a lot of years. That'll help. And, yeah, yeah, that'll help. And then also grew up in the theater. So, mm-hmm. you know, learning lines, reading lines, and having that be something that he was really proud of, you know, being articulate and writing. I always loved writing. I think, again, that comes with songwriting. That's, I always loved writing stories and this mm-hmm. and that. So probably that's where it comes from most because I don't do too much reading anymore. You're not doing the, the crossword every day? No, not every day. <laughs> yeah, just the Sundays. Just on, yeah, yeah, just, yeah, just yeah. on weekends. Yeah. <laughs> what do you think people get most wrong about you these days? Um. Well, these days I'm doing pretty good. I think people's perceptions are changing, mm-hmm. which I'm really pleased about. But I think people in the past have gotten wrong um, that yeah i'm i'm kind of like a mindless artist or that i'm just a soulless artist hmm. in the term in the sense of just like my music doesn't have much depth to it and i think that comes from people just being familiar with only my singles right. not necessarily listening to my body's work and i think again with this body of work and with people just getting to know me better as an artist in general people have a a better perception of that there's more depth and i think people respect me which i really res- think is sick yeah <laughs> like that's that's amazing like in terms of like my peers mm-hmm. and things like that so that's really good do you want to tour this record until the wheels fall off the bus yeah i want to tour this record for sure i don't know about the wheels fall off the bus because <laughs> i have to keep making more music you know yeah you well have to get, like if the wheels fall off the bus and you have to get like another like backup bus yeah <laughs> What a bummer. And, and then you're like, stuck in like, so much worse. you know, Kentucky where you're like <laughs> not even have a real life. Yeah. Welcome home. <laughs> Tanache, congratulations on the hundred plus records that you recorded for this album. Thank congratulations you. on the ones that you RIP put the ones on this that album. Yeah. Is it really RIP to the rest? RIP to most of them. Yeah. I mean, like, I would say there's a handful that I would reconsider evaluating. Actually, yeah. Because there's always elements of probably every song that I attempt that I really love. That's why I can listen to them back and be like, oh, I kind of like that one. But there's also usually a reason why I move forward. Yeah. So a lot of the times they just aren't playing. But there sometimes can be elements of particular songs, whether it's like melodies or like a verse mm-hmm. or something that I could revisit. But I also just like moving forward. I keep all of them. Yeah. Totally. New beats. New, yeah. New vibes. Meanwhile, you're wearing a blockbuster, like, head-to-toe outfit. <laughs> yes! So, yeah, all that new shit that all about is also new, from 20 years ago. Old. Yeah. <laughs> well, thanks so much for having us over, and congratulations on everything. Thank we're looking forward to everything in the future. Thank you so much. Also, we're taking a bunch of plans for us. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Bye. <laughs>
Thanks everyone for listening to this new episode of Waste Time with It's The Real, day number three of the 12 days of podcast. That's right, a new podcast every day leading up to Christmas. I'm Eric, the one with the curly hair. You're Jeff, the one with the glasses. Together, we are It's The Real, no apostrophe, no spaces. If people want to find out more about this podcast, call The Waste of Time with It's The Real. If people want to find out more about what's going on with us, where can they go? You can always go to itsthereal.com, I-T-S-T-H-E-R-E-A-L.com, itsthereal.com slash shop for our merch, itsthereal.com for our newsletter. Also, you can find us on all social media platforms, but especially Twitter at It's The Real and Instagram at It's The Real. We are also on all streaming platforms for our podcast. Go listen to it there. Subscribe, rate, comment, all that. Yeah, people should really go to YouTube.com slash It's The Real and check out that Cameron video. If you watch that video and you tell friends to watch that video, maybe we'll make more videos. Jeff, I know that we stood out in the rain for an hour and a half last night. Just trying to get into the Barclays Center, see Duce Palooza, and shout out to all of our guys and girls over there. Mm-hmm. And I asked the internet today if they wanted a shout, what would they wait an hour and a half in the rain for? And they said, Nav fan account. Oh my God. He's back? He's back. He says, Nav singing the Canadian national anthem. <laughs> an hour and a half in the rain to go see Nav sing for a minute and a half. Yes. Great. JW the dude said a waste of time podcast live. How nice is that? Or Jay Z concert. Same. Or both, I guess, together. That would be awesome. Cash Money Josh said a Jay Z concert. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. Love Rebel, our girl Nia, who takes photos for us every once in a while. Shout, Shout out to Nia. Yeah, yeah. Said the Dollar and the Dream tour in July 2014. She sends a bunch of pictures. Looks like great. she already did it. Great. Uh, Skip from BK, our man who's listened to every single episode Yes All the time Yeah Said Duce Palooza uh, well, So I guess he was there last night Shout out to him Hen Season said the highlight tape of Ty Ty Pepper Spraying Kells you, wait, you would wait to see that in person or wait to see a screening of it Or both, both. Either Yeah uh, True Ralph 103 also said you guys live podcast How nice is that? Uh, Cho Daddy yes. said finding out who Ain't No Jigga is Wait an hour and a half in the rain to find out who Ain't No Jigga is. Do you know who Ain't No Jigga is? Wait in the rain and I'll tell you. All right. Tyler B305 said an Outcast reunion. Uh, didn't that happen? Yes. But I guess I guess you you could wait again. Um, Trav Dave said that he would wait an hour and a half to watch us do the Rockefeller Part Two reunion or Jay Z all B sides again. I'm starting to send a trend. I know. <laughs> Coral Lopez, 22, so that she'd wait an hour and a half in the rain just to watch Lil Uzi Vert Futsal Shuffle. What is the Futsal Shuffle? You want me to do it for this audio podcast? Yeah. Wait, hold on. <laughs> Three, four, and a, sh- and a shuffle, and a step, and a toe, and a heel, and a jump, and a... Oh, I feel so privileged not to wait in the rain to see what Jeff is doing right here. again, and turn, and step, and ball. Ladies and, and gentlemen, this is very complex right now. Yeah. And Jeff, Jeff just scored a perfect 10 from the Russian judge. Uh, the calculation said another B-Sides concert from Jay-Z. Do we only have Jay-Z fans? <laughs> that's, that's fine by me. Yan Ye said he waited 10 hours at Lollapalooza with a bag of almonds and a bottle of water to see Sir Paul McCartney front row. Here's what I take from that. Yanye, Yanye is healthy, 
Yanye is dedicated. Mm-hmm. And Yanye survived 10 hours man, with a bag of almonds and a bottle of water. Jesus Christ was there with him. <laughs> that damn pen said that he would wait for a baby mama giveaway. Shout out to that damn pen. I wonder why. A baby mama giveaway? No, 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 no. I heard the, the, you heard what he wanted. No, I heard the name and I was like stuck on that. I was like, what a name and why? You just ignored that he said that he would wait an hour and a half in the rain for a baby mama giveaway? I, well, <laughs> now I'm on board, but yeah, that damn pen? Bodega Box Office, our guys in Brooklyn, said a shot for shot deep fake remake of Coco starring the lots and It's the Real. That was... <laughs> That would be pretty phenomenal. But why Why would you have to wait an hour and a half in the rain when it's screening at every single theater? Yeah, good point. LPDT991 said a conference featuring Cam explaining the falsehood of dinosaurs. Do we need to make this happen? <laughs> yes. Zuri Maya said something in the Waterfest 2020, which would be great if you all could do a live show with the guest Eclipse. Yes, they would be performing at the week-long festival. I can't wait. That's very specific. I think we can make that happen. That's uh, Pusha T. Yes. And we've met. And No Malice, who we have met. This is true. We've met both of them. Yeah. No Malice. Very religious. Come on our religious podcast. Something in the walking on the water. No, something in the water turned into wine. Wow. Because I have been reading the Bible. <laughs> Uh, Wanted All Times Two said he would wait an hour and a half in the rain to see a Pimp C hologram perform Pocket Full of Stones, Murder, and for the closer, bring out Master P to perform Break Em Off with Bun B. Again, that's very specific. This is super specific. We have Bun B tomorrow. Bun B tomorrow. It's a great episode. Very much looking forward to you guys hearing it. We appreciate everybody for listening religiously. As always, Jeff, not for real, for real. Sure, sure. We'll see you guys tomorrow. Rest of-